Welcome to Dear Live, a podcast that seeks to inspire global voices of change, teach you how to live with intention, and expand on the eight dimensions of wellness. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider. Every week, I'm going to drive conversations from self-development to generational social change, even to financial wellness. I am here to share my stories and reflections alongside therapists, psychologists, coaches, and wellness experts to help you create a healthier you today so we build a healthier world tomorrow. Open up to possibility for yourself, society, and the world. And think of me as the best friend you didn't know you needed with the comfy couch and the brainy stats. Let's get started. Before we get into our guest for today, I wanted to share, I have this money metrics course and you need it. So everyone knows I'm all about financial wellness. And one of the things that I get the most um, questions about is basically how to like shift from debt and poor spending habits to get into that abundant, beautiful, I am <laughs> I am a financial beast type of mindset. So I created this mini course on debt, how to get out of it, how to use credit constructively, and to grow your net worth. Yes, you should be tracking your net worth from your 20s. Not only do we talk about spending, saving, and everything in between, but I created the downloads you need in order to get your money right. So sign up through the link in the show notes. Code is LivePod, my little gift to you. On today's episode, I am more than delighted to introduce you to Vipul Basanya. Vipul and I have known each other for quite some time. This, I think, is his third um, guest appearance on Dear Live and all of its iterations. He is a writer, a seeker of truth, and the host of the Soul Wisdom Stories podcast. When Vipul and I have a conversation, I'm literally just sitting there listening to all the goodness that comes out of this man. He has such an inspirational story to share, and his strong belief in the power of affirmations are what made me say we need to have this conversation right now on this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about soul searching, the power of affirmations, self-hate and shame, and how to shift your perspective on your past. He has so much to offer, and if you're looking for a spiritual mentor or coach, he is your guy. You can find him on Instagram at Vipul Basanya. Check out his podcast, Soul Wisdom Stories. And without further ado, let's get into this very beautiful conversation. Welcome back to Dear Live. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, and I have with me my friend Vipul Basanya. Thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you having me. It's so nice to see you after after so long. I know, I know. And I wanted to get into that because we've known each other for actually quite some time. We've been a guest on my podcast and I feel like we have kind of followed in similar patterns. Like I can tell when you go quiet on social media, we've both rebranded. So I was like, let's have like this soulful conversation about the what and the why and the where, because I've always loved talking to you. You're such a deeply thoughtful person. And I always learn something from you before we're done. Like, I think the last time I literally was like, just <laughs> sitting here, just like, tell me more. I remember one point I, I, remember I just feel like I'm teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it was on the agreements. Was it on the, it was, yeah, it was actually, yeah. On the Kabbalion. I think the laws of the universe or something along those lines. Yeah. And we broke those down, but thank you for your kind words. I, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And I, I enjoy our conversations a lot and I knew that when we when we spoke you know you, you have this these conversations with people when you meet them you're like this is just going to be a lifelong thing and and mm -hmm. you don't you don't worry about the fact that long periods of time have gone since you've spoken because it's it's literally like how we're connected the time time doesn't exist it's we just pick up from wherever we've left off and it the, the relationship just continues and so equally yeah. I'm I'm grateful 
for us connecting and, and still being in touch after like what five years I think it was it's right? been like a long time yeah it's been a long time well that's happened <laughs> and it's funny because <laughs> yeah. like I'm rooting for you from afar and one of the things you know that I noticed like I could tell that you were going through a spiritual journey and you had already kind of had this awakening and this decision to really follow your, what you, you know, at that time, your life's purpose. Right. And I was on your podcast, um, know your legacy. And you, we just had these deep, beautiful conversations. And then there was this moment where it seems like you kind of shifted a little bit and you're like, Hey guys, I'm going deeper. And I want to know about that. I want to know what that catharsis was that made you say, I was brought out of, right? Like, I mean, you went to law school, you were in, you know, corporate and you left to start Know Your Legacy. And then one day you were kind of like, I have to go, I have to go find the next part of me. What what was that journey? And what was the moment that made you feel like there's something else? I feel like this happened multiple times over the last few years, right? Like it's being, it's being aware of the fact that every so often I'm going to shed my skin. And that's mm-hmm. been, that's been an ongoing, ongoing journey ever, ever since I had my physical uh, health crisis in 2012, where I did have a skin condition essentially. And it started from the gut and it, it presented itself as eczema and hives all over the body. And so my skin was shedding. And that was the first time I began to step into I didn't know it back then, but in hindsight, stepping into a new identity, basically. So what I believed up to that point was beginning to fall away. New questions, new desires, new insights were beginning to download and come to me, which I was following, but I didn't know what was happening. And only now, you know, do I do I realize that it was it was a, a new chapter that was beginning. And I guess you would call it a spiritual awakening because ever since then, that has happened at multiple points in my journey. And I've had to basically honor that and that's why you see me go quiet on social media because i'm like okay well what i've been sharing and the rhythm that i've been moving doesn't resonate anymore so i'm not going to share from a place that's inauthentic just because i need to keep up this game of showing up and posting because everyone else is doing it and i did go through this period of fomo like i'm going to miss out i'm going to lose followers and i'm going to people are going to lose interest and it was all these what ifs you know what if i don't do this and what if i don't do that but I just realized that was all in my head. And mm-hmm. I was worried about really minor things compared to the bigger picture of what was going on. And I realized that by honoring who I was is the, the best form of service that I can do. You know, if I continue down the path of, of sharing for the sake of it, based on the, the path that I already set myself on, it would no longer resonate with people. And I, and I don't think we give people enough credit to recognize the fact that even if you're not a coach and you haven't uh, have um, some kind of audience that you're you're speaking to, whatever platform you're on or whatever um, industry that you're in, people are energetic beings at their core. They can feel some level of inauth- kind of inauthentic exchange or inauthentic um, presence, and so it's so it's important if you're a content creator and if you're someone who teaches, then. And even if you're not, but I'm saying more so for these people because they show up more and, and post more and create more stuff that's going to have more influence. So just be mindful of the fact that if something is no longer resonating with you that once did, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's that you're now going through an evolution and it's time to take this step back to reflect on that and not put so much of a of a pressure in terms of 
I'll be done by next week or I'll be back next week and kind of right. having this pressure of needing to announce everything. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go private. I don't know what I'm doing it, but I don't need to tell people what I'm doing either because what everyone posts, even the people that you think are posting every second of their life, they're there. It's very curated. And so whether you're seeing people quote unquote in a, in a, in a down period and they're sharing kind of the down moments or quote unquote, the positive moments um, where they're living the high life, they're both curated. They're both still showing you stuff that they've agreed with themselves that this is comfortable for me to show up in this way. There are still moments and there is life still happening for them in between that. And it is for me. And I'm not, I'm not sharing every hour of the day what's happening. So people can quite quickly build a picture of you online based on what you've presented because that's all they have to go off of. And so I think it's important not to misrepresent yourself by sharing from a place that is no longer authentic. Um, so, yeah, that's that's like the overarching feeling of of what's happened at multiple times since about 2018 um happened in 2019 in 2020 and then again this year literally in the last few months um and i and i can go into each of those points if you want me to kind of dive into it a bit more in terms of what those leveling up moments or evolutionary points were well one of the things that i wanted to ask you about specifically was that there was like a guest right that asked you a series of questions was it philip mckernan and that was kind of a moment in the, I think this is the most recent kind of leveling up. And this is one of the things I found so interesting is because when I started podcasting, it opened up my world um, to so many different mindsets and thinkers and thought leaders and a way of viewing the world. And I'm friends with so many of them now um, because of the fact that you just, you have this beautiful energetic exchange, right? When you're having these types of conversations and you just adore each other, you follow each other on social media, you like root for each other, no matter what's going on. And I just thought it was fascinating. That the last one came from one of your guests. And so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about what it is that he said that made you kind of take a, a deeper look inside. So, yeah, he was actually, just to give you some context and to peel back that relationship a bit more. So I actually met him <clears throat> in 2018 and it was, and it's, and I, and I want to share this particular journey first to lay the foundation of our relationship, because I always find it's interesting in the law of attraction or spiritual personal development space where people talk about manifestation. It, there isn't often meat to the bones around how that actually manifested for the person kind of step by step or a story that they put uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with the principles they're sharing. So you're kind of left thinking, okay, it's good in theory, but how does that actually work? What was the outcome? And can you break that down for me? And so for the benefit of people listening, I, I think it would be interesting for them to hear how it kind of worked out for me because I first came across him in 2015. I saw an interview of his on YouTube randomly about being authentic. That's what it was called. And I'd never heard someone talk about that topic in particular in the way that he was talking about it. And I just felt there was this energetic connection between me and him and the way that he was carrying himself. He had this level of charisma that was like, he's, he's done some level of work to evolve his character to the level that it is now. And I and I was taken back because I'm like, I've read loads of personal development books, but this guy is something different mm -hmm. from everything that I've I've read and witnessed. And 
then it just stuck with me. Uh, it was just a seed that was planted in my mind um, that there's a person like this out there. Then in 2018, I felt the calling just after I'd started the podcast to go to this entrepreneur that I'd, I'd seen advertised online um, called Thrive, which you may know about because oh, it yeah. was hosted in Vegas a couple of yeah. times. And it happened. Yeah, it happened in the Hard Rock in 2018. And I just felt the intuitive nudge to to go there for no particular reason. I just thought I want to go and surround myself with more like-minded people because I didn't have much of that in London. I went there and um, realized that he was actually one of the speakers there. And so on this, on the second day after he'd spoken in the evening, I was with a bunch of friends that I'd met there and I said to them, Oh, it'd be cool to have him on the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed his talk. And I remember seeing his, his talk in 2015 and they said, well, we've got an inner circle ticket. You know, you know, if we have dinner with him, we'll, we'll introduce you guys and, and exchange details and stuff and help you out. I was like, cool. Okay. And then we went out like I, I think the night ended around 2 a.m. and I was like guys I'm gonna go to sleep now because I've got to wake up the next day for for a 9 a.m. for the first talk that was happening so I went to bed woke up a little bit late and went downstairs to get coffee at Dunkin Donuts outside the conference room and it and because it was late the the queue was already quite long and so I thought okay there's another juice bar that I know of further down the lobby let me just go to that one and hopefully people aren't kind of queuing for that I went there and there was a long queue and so I thought, oh shit, do I do I wait? Do I not wait? And something told me to just stay. And so I waited in, in in line and I took my phone out, just checking emails, passing time. And then I looked up in the in the queue and realized that he was standing right in front of me in the queue. <laughs> Sign from the universe. And so I put my phone away. And he turned around and we started talking and all that kind of stuff. And he offered to buy me coffee. And we got to the to the counter and waited for our coffees to arrive and in that time basically he uh his attention was taken by a group of people that, that kind of walked in and so he walked away for a second and our coffees had arrived and i was like well if i go to him the conversation will be diluted in the group but if i wait here he'll remember he's got a coffee and then he'll come back and i'll have him all to myself for, for at least a minute so i can chat to him and then he came back gave him his coffee and i told him about the podcast and what my intention was and i felt that you know, he was, he resonated a particular type of energy that I deeply connected to. And he gave me his details and that was September. And then we recorded a podcast episode in November. And then in 2019, which is where my kind of first quiet period started was he, he introduced me to his work and invited me to do a talk in London for one of his workshops. And it was called One Last Talk. And it was around the concept of if you only had 24 hours to live, what message would you share with the world? And you go through this process of unpacking your emotions and reconnecting to your story and then deciphering where is the truth in, in all of that based on what you've lived, your lived experience and the, and the emotions that you've uncovered about what you experienced from that point. How would you then package all of that to share it as your life story, basically, um, in the space of uh, like, I think it was like 10, 10 minutes or something per speaker. And during that process in March, April, May time in 2019, he then reached out. He's doing an event called Brave Soul, um, which was a, a seven-day immersion experience in Ireland, Itown, um, to dive deep into understanding your your true identity, your soul's wisdom, and your purpose, and reconnecting to all of those deeper, more meaty topics, which I couldn't find in a personal development book. It was all about mindset and finance and strategy and productivity. And so this was like, oh shit, this is something that is I can sink my teeth into. I'm getting excited by this. And I guess the important part 
upon reflection for people to realize was up to that point, I didn't have a strategy about how I was going to get involved in this work, how I was going to meet him. All of these things happened intuitively because I just listened to the nudges that I was getting internally. And I think that's reflective of your soul kind of pushing you in a particular direction and guiding you on the path that you're supposed to go down. And so you can't really get those answers externally from a book or from an, uh, from a coach or from a, a, a teacher of any kind. They can't, they can't week by week or month by month tell you, yes, you need to act on that. It's, it's the journey of guiding you back to yourself so that you're able to trust the instincts that are coming up for you and then being able to follow that because that's going to lead you in a completely different direction to the next person. And so in 2019, that was my first deep dive into kind of inner work um, inner healing and answering the big questions like, am I? And what is it that I feel about the world and about myself and about my upbringing and about my purpose and about where I've been, where I am and where I want to go? Like I'd never sat with those concepts before um, or those ideas. And so that was really the beginning of me playing around with all of those ideas. And just to wrap up that, that, um, that particular segment, alongside me doing this work, I also had the strong desire to go to Peru to work with plant medicine. And so I booked a trip to Ayahuasca in November of 2019. So I just finished this, this trip in, in, in Ireland um, in the summer. And then a couple of months later, I went straight into the jungle for about seven or eight days. And I sat with people um, in the jungle to do medicine work for a week. And again, that was awake, like that kind of awakened other insights and other questions which I previously wasn't aware of. But all of these things were beginning to build on themselves. So right from the beginning of that year, having um, to, to go through the process of unpacking my story and then answering some of the deeper questions in Ireland and then the journaling in between and then doing the medicine and what came up there. And so all of these things, as I went into lockdown in 2020, I was like, I don't have the capacity to share. Like I want to share. I don't even know who the fuck I am. Like I need to I need to integrate all of this. Like so much has happened in 12 months. What is going on right now? And it would be easy to bypass all of that and say, yeah, I'm doing the work. That's great. Let me invest in the next web, um, webinar, seminar, next adventure and go and do some work. And I would, I, I'd be able to satisfy my, my mind by thinking I'm, I'm progressing. Mm -hmm. But really internally, what shifts are happening? Because the, 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 the difference in understanding whether something's had an impact on you or not is based on one, how you feel and two, what the outside of your life looks like, because if how you feel hasn't changed and what your life looks like hasn't changed, well, then that knowledge doesn't really matter because that knowledge hasn't really turned to wisdom because it's just facts that you've learned from somewhere or someone. What is that going to do to you? It, until you take the time to integrate it, that's when the real change begins to happen. And so I, I did slow down during that process and was conscious not to not to rush into the next thing and what came from that was my book um searching in silence because the more i began to write and understand what was coming up for me and what that meant for me um i realized that actually this could benefit other people because i'm enjoying talking about this stuff and i'd never been aware of it for the 12 months prior so i began just putting all of my effort into that and so know your legacy in the podcast basically took a back seat for about 18 months because I, I just lost the desire for it. And I did feel guilty because I was like, oh shit, I started this thing. Should I be recording? Should I put effort in? This whole idea of motivation and drive and hustle and grind. Like, no, like just trust what, where my soul is guiding me 
And where mm-hmm. the excitement is, is where the most energy needs to go right now. I'm not going to drain myself by thinking that I need to overwork and put my foot on the pedal even harder just to get more stuff done. So my mind feels good about me being productive because we often equate productivity by how much we've done when really that's not that, that that's an outdated version of what being productive means because being productive could also mean taking a whole day off and going for a walk and not doing anything at all because that's what your soul needs. And so it's kind of moving away from what your conditioned mind needs and moving into the soul's wisdom and following that divine guidance. So there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to ask him about this. Wait, no, I could, turn this, into, this. I could turn this into a, this whole segment could just be turned into a stand lecture. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So, so I want to, cause there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack. And I did, you sent me a copy of, um, Searching in Silence, um, and it it's it was it's beautiful and so heartfelt, and it, it like smacked of like that Rupi Kaur kind of like I see the world in a different way, and I I absolutely loved it, and, I'm, and congratulations on that. I mean that's a huge Thank undertaking you. to write a book and get it published. Um, I I want to go back to Ireland um, because first of all I love how everything you know kind of the universe conspired with you, right? God, divine universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, the laws of physics, laws of attraction, I don't know. Um, but put you in these places because your attention had been focused on them, right? And and there's so, so, it's so fascinating when we give our attention to something or we start noticing things more of the same, but you're acting on it, right? You're not like, oh, that's cool. Or, oh, I'm tired. Or you're actually leaning in and looking up and, and paying attention and saying, if this is happening in front of me, it should be happening for my purpose or for a reason, there's something here. And so you leaned in, which I think is the first thing that I really took, took away. I'm curious about when you went to Ireland, because you were the last time you and I spoke before all of this transpired, you already were so deeply self-aware and so kind of in tuned with what it is that you wanted to do in the world. And I, I love this about developing ourselves is that there's always another layer What was it when you went there and you had this experience um, that like you talk about soul searching and really kind of listening to the quiet? Was it a practice? Were there questions that you weren't asked before? Were you just given the space outside of the like pomp and circumstance we use around events? And we've really kind of made self-development a marketing machine right and i'm so curious about this intimate experience what was different about it that started to unlock you was there a question was there a moment was there a meditation was there a journaling um how was it different Mm. yeah it's um it was all of those and it was first of all the container that was was important so whoever is facilitating it's it's very important that you're aligned to the right person to take you through this work mm-hmm. um because if that doesn't resonate then it doesn't matter if they're saying the same thing that another person has said that has worked for a thousand people it's not going to work for you so I, I truly do believe that we need to be aligned to the right guide teacher helper what coach whatever you want to call it um and you'll only know that by feeling into what resonates with you and that that was the first thing and so as i saw the pieces of the puzzle coming together towards 2000 the end of 2018 i was like i'm beginning to speak to him more 
now he's inviting me to this thing and then subsequently inviting me to this intimate experience he is supposed to be the person like i i get it now why i saw that video in 2015 and it stuck with me and i have it now looking back i'm still working with him in a group sense and i wouldn't ever step out into trying to um learn from someone else because i i've had so much intimate experience with him that i'm just like this this is the right thing for me to do this is the right energy to be energy exchange for me to be a part of and it just works um and the reason it was different so first of all the container and second of all it was the fact that there was a a a series of days that weren't packed with stuff and so typically you would you'd equate value to the amount of stuff that you get through or the amount of stuff that you get done and in this sense there was a lot of free time in between which made um upfront didn't really make sense because it was like what am i paying for then i don't get it and it was actually what i realized then was it was basically designed so that you could integrate the stuff that did come up when you went through the intense periods and so i can't remember day by day exactly what the breakdown was but to give you an overall gist it was it was very much focused on reconnecting to the basics of who you are the core components of what makes you you basically so what that would look like is what is your story talk about your friends your school experiences your parents and it wasn't done in person it was in in a in a group he would kind of talk through some of the topics that he wanted us to sit with and then we'd go away to our to our cottages we all stayed in cottages on the west coast of ireland so again environment container so important it was in in the heart of nature um right by the ocean and we handed in our phones as well by the way so no phones for 7 days and that caused a lot of discomfort because we tend to reach for our phones we tend They're to reach pacifiers. for a book to read mm-hmm. yeah exactly and you can justify why you use those things right because then you think oh i'm 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 learning something i'm educating myself i'm listening to an audiobook but all of that is still leaning leaning on a crutch um and not not having the courage to sit with just the silence like what's wrong with that and no one, no one wants to do that um so it was it was then going away and spending vast amounts of time just journaling by ourselves and then sitting with things like um what expectations do we put on ourselves and subsequently what expectations do we have of other people and what expectations do other people have of us and so uncovering all of these things um begins to help you understand why you do the things you do and what is actually subconsciously driving your behavior because up until that point when you're in your life in a day-to-day kind of busy environment you don't really stop to think about these things you might read a, a great quote on Instagram you might see a cool video over lunch or before bed but having 7 days to just be immersed in this knowing that there is no to-do list tomorrow there is no waking up at 6am because i have to go to work or whatever you're just in it basically and that's what makes it so powerful and we did things like um hiking in nature we went for long walks we played sports in between and it and we went to the pub and we drank in the evening so it became almost like this community family feeling and there was a bunch of strangers i was with because i was there on my own and one one of the things that i found really interesting was that we never really talked about job titles and what we did and how much money we earned and what what people were doing outside of of ireland basically because people flew in from from the middle east and from us and canada and so you connect at the level where people are talking about things like being molested at 10 mm-hmm. or at 
and having shot someone. And you, you, you basically get into the core memory and the core um, pieces of two or three life experiences that really shaped your life story and what that meant for you, right? Because we all have these particular milestone moments, whether we remember them or not day to day, oftentimes we've suppressed it so far down that we don't address it because we, we don't have space for it in our busy lives now. But this is the time where that kind of lid comes off and you start to think about actually, shit, what happened to me at 10? What happened to yeah. me at eight? Those early memories that come up are the ones that actually shape you for the rest of your life. And so that's really beginning to unpack that and then holding space for whatever emotion comes up. And I think one of the most profound things that I found there, which I was exposed to for the very first time, was when someone burst into tears and was crying, there was no one running to get give tissues. There, he didn't reach out to say, oh, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. It was, we, were, we, we basically created an environment where there'd be pin drop silence and you just let that person have that emotion being released. And it was super uncomfortable because you, you don't really witness that day to day because people don't do that in public. And so having a safe environment to do that really made it special because you could feel like your guard would come down and you could really show up as the person that you want to, but in the quote unquote real world, you can't because of various reasons. Um, you don't feel safe. It's too busy. You, you put on all of these masks to help you navigate your day-to-day -day life. And until you take the time to really take off those masks, you get to, the, you get to, you know, peeling back the onion, you get back to the core of who you are. And most of the time, it's the first time people do that. And so they begin to kind of have all of these big questions. Their life isn't solved after seven days. That's not the point. It, the point is to begin to uncover the journey of who you once were and who you want to become. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what made it special. And the, and the people naturally that are attracted to, to, to work like that are, are phenomenal. Um, some of my closest friends came from, from that group who I now still speak to. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. It's so fascinating to me because like I had a, a, a similar experience recently. Um, I have been doing self-development work for 10 years <laughs> and I have read everything. I've gone to every conference. I've studied cognitive behavioral therapy, um, transcendental meditation, everything in between. And I actually had an experience recently. I've had a, a core memory that continues to show up, but I've never given it any like credence. Right. And my mother and I have a, um, we've had a strained relationship because of her mental health and addiction issues. And we most recently decided to see each other for the first time since 2009. And she has incredible care around her. And when I went to see her and sat across the table from her, she had just finished reading my book. And she made a comment. She's like, I didn't realize we grew up. We, I grew up in a very, very violent neighborhood. And um, the, the man across the street from us murdered someone when I was very young and it all came out and there was, our families were very interwoven. So it was very traumatic. And we were there when the police came, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I have a very specific memory from 10 years old when all of that happened that has come out like three times in therapy, but I've always ignored it. And I've been like, that's not a big deal. It's my mom's fault. That's not a big deal. It's my mom's fault. That's not a big deal. It's my mom's fault. And sitting across the table from her, she goes, I want to apologize to you because I didn't realize how badly what happened in our neighborhood affected you. Like you wrote about it. And I started 
bawling at this little steakhouse in like the hill country of Georgia. This is the first time that had been acknowledged by another person. And, and sometimes we don't realize like my issues with safety and security, my issues with trusting people, all of these things come from this moment that happened when I was 10 years old. And it's almost like once someone was able to acknowledge it back to me and say, that was real, it happened. And I'm sorry. It's almost like I left like 50 pounds lighter. Like I was a brand new person born of that day because even though you kind of like, oh, that's some, that's the past. I'm over it. It's not a big deal. You can think about it and push it away. We don't realize how that's actually gotten into our parasympathetic nervous system. It's actually created like physical responses to, to triggers that we haven't even realized. And the work that you're talking about is so incredibly powerful, but it takes so many people so long to finally get there. And, um, I'm glad that you had that experience. I'm glad that you shared because I think, you know, people do, we read the books, but we, we, it's, it's the bandaid, right? It's the thing that covers, I listen to the podcast. I know how to breathe. It's helping me with my anxiety. Great. But sometimes, and if you're well-supported, it's worth the time and effort to actually do the, the deeper, uglier work and getting quiet with yourself is a hard thing to do. It is. And, um, often takes not often always takes courage to to yes. to lean into that work um because most people will get to a certain point and then like you said justify oh it's not a big deal and it, it in fact it is and because it's so scary to confront that emotion the, the mind justifies why it doesn't have to really go there mm-hmm. and by doing by by doing that um and and having the courage to sit with it oftentimes like you said it creates this feeling of of being 50 pounds lighter and sometimes mm-hmm. physically because you it's the emotion that's anchoring you down that's causing bad habits and so like you said about anxiety and breathing people can look at breath work and they can go to to therapy they can they can take tablets they can change their diet all of that stuff's great like they're all tools to help you along your journey but what i'm interested in is the root cause because mm-hmm. to me that every human being has context in their lives and they weren't born that way. And so there's a story that's unfolded. Along the way, things have happened that have shaped you, some of which you've suppressed and have become unconscious, and some of which are conscious now, which you choose to talk talk about because they feel safe to talk about and they become a part of your identity and how you want people to perceive you in the world. But it's all masks. Right? We pick up all of these masks along the way to to create a an identity that we want to present to the world. And that's why the cover of my book is, a, is me holding a, well, it's not me, actually. I, 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 think of it, I think about it as me, but a person holding a mask. And that was very reflective of the process I went through to write the book, because like you said, sitting with the silence, it was a process of coming into 2020 and then feeling like I've read all of these great things over the last seven to eight years from other people. But now I really got this strong desire to answer the question of who am I? What do I have to say minus all this stuff that I've, I've learned from other people? Because at that point, it was just serving as a crutch. And, and that's cool. But I wanted to understand and uncover my voice. What do I have to say about life and about certain and about who I, who I want to show up as? Because you can read from other people who you should be and who you shouldn't be and how you should show up and what your morning routine should be and this and that. 
but, but you're outsourcing your power. It's good to learn from other people and gain perspective of what's possible. But at the end of the day, that's still limited based on what they're telling you. You're, you're, you're still one step away from tapping into your own wisdom, which may be infinitely more impactful to you. And so that's the process that I, I went through. I literally gave away half of my books and packed them in my cupboard, deleted Audible, and got rid of like half of the podcast list that I was listening to, um, if not all of it, because I was like, I don't, I have no interest in consuming right now. Not because it's not valuable. It's because I'm more interested in what do I have to say? I need to find my own voice. And until I find that, I can't move forward um, and, and feel grounded in this next version of myself. I love this. And so this begs the question, because this is something that I've been playing with lately. What do you think about the idea that, you know, we talk about, you even mentioned, like, we, we pick these core memories that we can talk about or things that we can say, and we make them part of our identity. We make our jobs part of our identity. We make, and then, you know, we have all of this, you've got to market yourself. You got to be on. So I struggle with social media. It's been a pain for me um, to figure out how to show up as my authentic 100% self because I'm multi-passionate. So I have a lot of different interests. And so it's, it's oh, you got to pick one. Well, do I? Could it be? that we don't really like, once you get down to it, you really dig all of the crap that everyone has told you, you are, you feel like the mask that you're just a human being doing things you're interested in. And your identity has been created by other people. It's how they view you, which is really none of your business. And I know that there are entire industries around reputation management and creating brands and creating, you know, fame and, and packaging and all of that. But the people that I see that are the most miserable are the ones who haven't figured out that they are not that, right? They're just this human being. Like my new question to myself is constantly, is this true? Like even if I'm in interaction with someone and I'm like, they should have done that. Is that true? Is it true they should have done that? Well, they have no expectation. Like they don't know that that's my expectation. And what's going on with me? Okay, is this my ego or is this me? And I think having that little like moment, that little pause where I'm like, okay, what's actually real? You realize most of the stuff we believe is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's they're old stories. And this is this is the kind of stuff that really brings me to life when I'm speaking to people about it, because it's at the core of who you are. And it's the foundation of answering the question, who am I? Like mm -hmm. that's that is the most important question bar any along my journey anyway that I've had to to sit with and that 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 still stays with me to this day but it was very uh prevalent in 2020 coming into that um with everything that I'd learned and everything I was feeling everything I'd reflected on I'm like okay so who the fuck am I and did you figure it out did you figure out who you are it, um I, yeah I mean I'm I am very grounded in this idea that I'm about to share with you now. Okay, um, sorry. And it's, and it's, uh, no, no, not at all. I get excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, like, you're going back into that, that little kid mode. You're like, yeah, tell me, tell me. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is basically like peeling back an onion, right? So you peel back layers of an onion and think of onions as being each layer of the onion being a label that you've stuck on yourself. Male, female, brother, sister, job title, dreams and aspirations, stories and limiting beliefs that you have about who you are you peel all of those back one by one when you put when you get to the core of the onion there's nothing there mm. there's nothing 
And in the same way, when I peeled back all of the labels that I'd stuck on myself, all of the stories, all of the beliefs that I'd stuck on myself, I got rid of all of that. I basically came back to silence. It was a blank canvas. And that is mm-hmm. the soul because the soul is infinite. And that basically then asked the question of, oh, well, I'm interested in so many different things. Is that bad? Should I pick one? Because I grew up feeling the same way. I'm like, I'm super creative. But is it bad that like I kind of have this ADHD behavior of like, being interested in this and then doing a little bit of that and then two hours of this and now I want to jump into that and now I want to follow this. There's a word for that and it's called being a multi-potentialite, having potential in different um, different industries or different creative fields and that's completely fine. It's a part of your gift. It's who you are and I feel like all of us are, are, are really like that. If we get rid of the story that I need to actually just be passionate and do well in one area and follow that trajectory, you'll quickly realize that they've done that at the, at the expense of suppressing other hobbies or interests because the story that's usually mm. tied to that is you can't make money from that. That's not, the, that's not the, the, the thing that's respected in society. And so you, you can quickly justify why you should or shouldn't do something based on that. But when you sit with the fact that Actually, you're not any of these things, including being human. I'm not this body either. And I went through a specific meditation that gave me the visceral feeling of silence, basically. And there's so many different ways to meditate. And so there is no right or wrong way, really. You just have to find what works for you. But I found for me anyway, personally, this is really what spoke to me. Um, And it was going through this process of negating each of my senses and each of my my body parts and it, this meditation practice is is prescribed by a saint in india called ramana maharshi who lived in i believe the late 1800s early 1900s and he fell into a state of realization pure conscious awareness of basically being the infinite brahman and people asked him like how, how how do you do that and because he kept getting the question he said okay follow this meditation practice because for him he just fell into it at 17 and people wanted to know like a step-by-step thing so he prescribed this method of negating each of your your five senses and then your body parts and so i'll break it down really quickly i'm i'm not the eyes i'm not my hands i'm not my nose i'm not my mouth i'm not my limbs i'm not my neck i'm not my head and then you go internally. I'm not um, my heart, my liver, kidneys, all of that kind of stuff, my genitals. And then you're basically left to negate all your body parts and your five senses. Then you're basically left with your brain. So you say, I'm not my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm left with this voice now. I am not this voice either. And then you're left with I. That's the only word left. And then you say, I am not I either. And then there's silence. That's it. So without language and without the physical body, you've now removed that from the equation bit by bit, step by step. You, pe- you peel back the layers of the onion and you basically get to a place of silence, which is your true nature. It's who you are at the core. You are an infinite being made from source, just like the sun. Think of it as the sun, if you need an analogy or visual reference. And the rays of sun, sunlight, are each of us. It's all from the same source and we're being projected through different bodies and those bodies give you different experiences in life. And where mis- the, the misconception or the journey, I guess, the human journey is coming back home to yourself, realizing that actually I've indulged in all of these external things and it, they've not made me happy. So who the fuck am I? So then you go, you work backwards and you're like, okay, what makes me happy? What brings me meaning, reconnecting with your story? 
And people, like you said, often get to that later in their life when they've realized that they've climbed a particular mountain and then they've recognized, actually, this isn't the one for me. And there is actually a book about that that I've been reading recently called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And he talks about how we how we climb the corporate ladder or the ladder of success as prescribed by society only to realize that it doesn't really make us happy. And then you begin at that point to climb the second mountain, which is all to do with meaning and purpose. And so it's just a, a journey. Um, and yeah, I kind of forgot what you asked, but that, I just went It doesn't on matter. It's like, like, like all of these things were coming up. Is, <laughs> no, I love, this is why I love talking to you. Because like, I can, we can talk, we can go deep. And I, um, I'm curious from your perspective, because this is one of the things I've noticed, like I've had a couple of moments, right. In this very short period of time, I had this experience with my mother. And then right after I just recently had surgery on my heart. And after these two things, I almost felt like I was emotionally and physically fixing my heart. Right. And then kind of after that, I woke up and I was like, granted, I was high on fentanyl when I first woke up and I was really like, I can conquer the world. But there has been a moment since where I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because sometimes it's looking at your own um, mortality, like having to fill out the paperwork saying, you know, if I were to pass, this is what I want you to do with my body. This is, we'll take care of my daughter. This is what will happen with my finances. There was something about going through that process and keep in mind my background was finance. So I used to do that with people, but it was the first time that it was actually scary for me. And something about waking up after I felt everything is possible. I can do anything like anything is available to me and everything is, is temporary, you know, like the, a a debt that you may have or a frustrating job situation or whatever, all of it is um, noise. And there's so much more available to me. And I don't know if that, like, I've just been going through this process of looking at identity and this was just kind of the natural kind of progression. Um, but I think that there's so much there. And I'm curious from your perspective, because I know this is something, and I'm not going to say I've struggled with it. I have been enamored with it. I have struggled with faith my entire life because I was raised in like high control religion, left it, didn't believe in anything for a long time, found faith, but also found spirituality. And I don't know that they're separate, right? I don't know that they're, you know, they necessarily have to be. I think all roads lead to the same thing, which is God slash source slash divinity. I'm curious from your perspective, being on this journey, has it made you look at faith, religion, spirituality in any different way? And does it change when you do? Absolutely changes when you do. Um, As the person grows and evolves, as I've grown and evolved, you then go back to questioning what your faith and your belief about yourself and God is and that definition God begins to evolve either you don't believe it at all there's nothing there or you do believe it and it switches from what you were what you once were grown up and and taught by society to believe or your parents or whatever to then having the courage to ask actually if it wasn't that what is it I'm drawn to what makes Mm -hmm. more sense to me about what this notion of God is and when I when I kind of reflect on my journey, I was brought up as a Hindu, and it wasn't strict. It wasn't a strict um, household in that sense of my parents kind of pushing certain things on me and and um, pressuring me to 
fulfill certain obligations. It was never like that. We went to the temple every now and then, and we kind of celebrate the main traditions and, and cultural events throughout the year. Um, and then in school, I remember we, we had to study for religious studies. We had to study Christianity, Islam, and a bit of Hinduism. But it was very surface level. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the thread amongst all of that was that God is outside of you. It's a being. It's a statue. It's something that's in the sky. And that's what stuck for many, many years until I went on to this, entered this chapter of self-inquiry where I asked the bigger questions like, what am I doing here? Who am I? And that brought into question the idea of, of God, like who, who or what is this thing? And there was a, a particular book that I'd come across a few years ago. And I, I have no idea how this book came into my into my into my life i wish i did remember but i think everything comes into your into your experience at a particular time when you need it um but it was a book called the upanishads and it was mm -hmm. basically the foundation of what the hindu philosophy was but yet i'd never been given that um when i was growing up and it was because no one knew about it right the education system never talked about it and my parents had no clue what the hell that was and essentially it the, it was the the core of of the spiritual texts um, that make up the Hindu religion called the Vedas, right? They're, they're a collection of spiritual teachings. And the core 108, I think it's 108 um, chapters or verses from those big collection of teachings are called the Upanishads, which are like the core, core teachings. And what I realized was they talk about it. It talks about um, purpose and death and life and meaning it's got nothing to do with statues and to do with god and going to a temple and following traditions and uh, following some type of 10 commandments um, or giving you some type of moral compass what it does do or aims to do is guide you to realizing the fact that you are source and un and underneath the human body everyone is from the same source and so then it removes the whole idea of needing to follow a religion or a god um, or needing to believe that there's something out there and the thing that it's teaching is the right thing because essentially mm -hmm. every religion from my perspective is there to have some form of structure and um, some form of control and some form of reassurance that there's something there and then you can navigate. And if that works for you, that's, that's great. But right. oftentimes we see it causes a lot of conflict. And so what I've realized was that, that religion doesn't really speak to me. Um, religion is the, the external logistics of belief i guess whereas spirituality is to do with the spirit the thing that has no name really and the biggest difference is it's not something that resides outside of you it's inside of you and running through everything and everyone that you meet it's all the same there mm -hmm. is no difference between someone who's black white asian christian um jewish whatever you want to call it old young um it all comes back to that the, the core source is the same. And from that place, you can connect to any human being because you realize that we're spiritual beings having a, a human experience. And the thing that is bringing my awareness and is light, lighting me up from the inside is the same light that is lighting you up from the inside and giving you awareness so that you could see through your eyes. Your eyes don't see on their own. There is something illuminating the body so that it can have all of these interactions and is illuminating the brain so it can, it can, maneuver the body in the way that you want it to maneuver but essentially it's it's this ineffable invisible um 
source of awareness basically it's the best way to describe it it's an awareness and um i i i came to that conclusion i guess through a mix of self-inquiry conversations with some great people and then just consuming content that i felt drawn to that other people were sharing online or or through books and stuff like that and so i just became very mindful of the stuff that i would consume rather than just jumping on the next best personal development book i was like okay i want to be conscious of the stuff that i i now want to bring into my awareness because not everything is going to be for me anymore i don't want to digest everything and and be constipated with all this unnecessary <laughs> knowledge it needs to be very mindful based on where i am I, I totally get that because when I first started on my journey, I was, I was desperate and uh, I wanted to read anything and everything I could get my hands on that would give me any type of understanding, hope, reassurance, what have you. And um, over time, you realize how you can easily be marketed to, how you can take on beliefs and end up kind of in this echo chamber. Um, you know, we see it with the algorithms and social media. It's very easy to, to find tunnels, right? And um, I'm actually surprised. I, you know, spent some time off social media recently and was surprised at how much better my mental health was when I was not consuming just content that was being, you know, thrown at me. Um, but I just, I'm very, I'm so, I'm, I'm happy for you because I know that this has been such a beautiful journey for you. And I'm so excited for you, for your book. Um, what, if you were to talk to anybody right now, who's kind of in the beginning of their soul searching kind of expedition, I'm going to call it an expedition. What would, what would be your, your key advice? listen to yourself that's it because that is where all of your wisdom and guidance will come from um just be very conscious not to jump from one hamster wheel to another just because you think it's going to solve the problem in the short term just be patient and listen to whatever's coming up for you and and trust that there is definitely an element of of trusting the invisible and uh, what i mean by that is trusting that when you take a step forward the the path will will appear so that your foot can land gently um but if you don't take a step forward it's always going to look like it's the edge of the cliff because you don't know what's what's there or what's behind the next door but you have to have the 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 courage to to open the door or to take a step forward and just find out what's there um so listening has been has been a very important thing um along my journey um one one for myself to hear really what what i want deep down but two deeply nurturing the skill of listening actually improves communication with other people because you're you're paying closer attention to the emotions the person is feeling and being able to read between the lines versus um listening just to respond right so two different types of listening but listening is, is, is the foundation no i think that that's so valuable because i think from a very young age we're told to um, question ourselves and to be quiet. And I think that that's where so much of our frustration begins because we don't trust that inner knowing. I know from my perspective with Olivia, I'm trying so hard to get her to trust her gut and to have that kind of inner knowing and that critical thinking to where someone can say something to her. And she's been told whether it's a teacher or it's a minister, or it's, you know, a parent, if we say something that you don't agree with, like, where is that in your body? trust yourself and we can talk about it. But um, I think, I don't know, it's, it requires a lot of consciousness on anyone's part to get to that, to get to that place. 
it does yeah but it's also a journey as well right so you can try and and um and teach someone uh, and share something with someone because you've learned it and you get excited and you don't want them to make the same mistake but every soul has its own journey as well and yeah. it just reminds me of this saying that i heard i, I i'm not sure who quoted it I, I didn't say this but it really stuck with me and it's the truth cannot be told it can only be realized mm. and that person has to go through a particular set of experiences to then understand what you may have understood after x amount of years or x amount of experiences um and so you do the best you can to help friends to help kids to help loved ones um to share wisdom and to teach the best you can but at the same time create the space to honor the fact that they are a sovereign being that's here to have their own experience as well and they won't learn unless they have first-hand experience that involves their five senses yeah as a parent that's really hard because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just want to wrap in a bubble and be like nothing yeah, bad will ever happen to you <laughs> yeah. and then like a couple times when things have happened i'm like did you request that this time around um <laughs> so funny well for everyone that's listening if they want to pick up a copy of your book or follow you um and all of your sage wisdom where can they go I don't know about being sage wisdom, but um, Amazon is the best place because um, it's on all the Amazon stores, I believe, online, called, and it's called Searching in Silence. Um, and in terms of following me, best place to to do that, two places are uh, Instagram, where I share a lot, and LinkedIn. And I've, I've recently started posting on TikTok, but Instagram and LinkedIn are the ones where I'm, I'm most active. And if any of this of course resonates then i do have a link to to book a, a chat with me just to learn more about what i do or or you know inquire about where you're at in your journey and if there's anything that we could do to to help you progress i love it well thank you Vipul, for being amazing um always having a great conversation and for those that are listening follow Vipul. um he is just a lovely human being and follow uh, us on instagram at dearlive.app um download the app on apple app store thank you Thanks to me.